This is the Shannon Smith Shooting Podcast. Gas it up. What's up, gang? Welcome back to the Shannon Smith Shooting Show Podcast. Thanks for joining me as always. Keep your questions coming. Hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, website, email, whatever. I'm uh, not always quick to respond, but I do receive everything and I do my best to get back when I can. Normally, I'll try to schedule a day every week or two, even to sit down at the computer and catch up on stuff. Just so busy on the range. It's been a super busy year. We talked about that the last cast a little bit, or the one before that, maybe, but. You know, uh, fall and, and spring and winter are our really busy season on the range, obviously with the good weather in Florida and all our major matches. We've had a bunch this year already, and we have the Area 6 Multi-Gun Championship coming up this weekend. Uh, probably will have passed by the time you hear this, but I'm busy on the range all week getting ready for that. And then a month is already filled with teaching for the, the rest of the month. And then I'm going out to the Multi-Gun Nationals in in Vegas, uh, looking forward to that. Never, never shot that before, so I'm sure there'll be lots of mistakes and lots to learn. Uh, so that should be fun. I had a special request from a guy on uh, Steel Challenge, wanted me to cover my thoughts on Steel Challenge, and you know, Steel Challenge is is uh, interesting. It's it's really caught on at least here in Florida in the last couple of years. I don't know if that's been a nationwide thing or not so much, but um, you know, I started. I don't want to get it too long of a story, but I started shooting at an indoor range out in Washington State while I was in the military, just goofing off in the weeknights because I enjoyed shooting pistols. And I always joke this was before the internet, so you had to actually talk to people to learn about things going on. You know, USPSA or none of that stuff was in wasn't in gun magazines. It wasn't on TV. It, you know, it, there was just no way to find out about it unless you actually talked to somebody that, that knew about it. And I ran into a guy at the gun range, at the indoor range, and he said, hey, you should come out and try this steel thing on the weekend. So I did. And so I shot it for a year, probably, close to it, uh, and still never heard of USPSA at that point because the people I was hanging out with were steel shooters and they didn't shoot USPSA. So it wasn't until I ran into a guy at that match that said, hey, you should come try this, and, and I did. But, but anyway, so I was shooting steel out there, and it wasn't, uh, I didn't know it at the time, but it wasn't really uh, Steel Challenge. It was like Outlaw Steel Challenge. So they made up their own stages, and it was still five rounds, but it might be five rounds on one target on this stage. It might be you know five separate targets on this stage. It wasn't the actual stuff. And uh, I got pretty good and was in, eventually winning the local matches, and that was right, getting close to the, the time I was getting out of the Army. And so when I was coming back uh, across the country, this was in Washington State, the Steel Challenge World Championship, which was always in Piru, California until recently, was coming up. And I was like, huh, I'm the big dog up here. I win all these local matches. I'll go down there and show those dude what's what. And I actually chose to shoot revolver. I was shooting a lot of revolver at the time. Uh, and, and separate story, but uh, you were allowed to shoot two guns at this local, local match I was shooting. And uh, so I shot my uh, 38 special 686 plus, so I had that whopping extra round, uh, and my 
1911-45. And it got to where I was winning the match with my revolver, beating myself. So I would come in second place with my 45-1911. And I didn't really know it at the time, I don't think. But uh, pretty clear that I didn't have the the whopping two or three, four extra rounds as I did with the, with the single stack. So I shot one for one. And lo and behold, that's a better score. But anyway, I took, so I took the revolver down to Piru, got my ass kicked, um, won some good prizes, won some money, so that was cool. I, my first real major major. Um, but it was, we came up to outer limits, and you know, I'm shooting with a regular squad of folks, and I'm looking at all these boxes on the ground, and I'm like, what the hell is this? And uh, they said, well, you shoot, you know, you shoot there from that and this from there. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? So, you know, so I'd never moved in Steel Challenge. I didn't, I didn't know any of that stuff, so needless to say, nor, nor, nor had I ever shot 35 yards, so it, it was uh, a lot to learn. But uh, so fast forward, I moved down here to Universal many, many years later, and took over the range here. And so I started Steel Challenge, and this was not that long ago, 2011, 2012, and uh, I was running all eight official stages, and you know we just had a really crappy turnout. Nobody was coming, so I eventually quit doing it. I'm like, I'm not going to move. Like a move steel around for for seven or eight people to come show up, but the last couple of years it's really come on strong, and I'm obviously happy to see that. And we've we brought our match back, and it's doing well. And uh, the Wyoming Antelope Club has a match. It's actually I started that 100 years ago, and that's doing fantastic. They're selling out. South Florida's running them, and uh, so it's it's cool to see it catching on. I, I personally love it. Um, I think the the PCC division has helped the. Uh, the rimfire divisions are coming on. The rimfire rifle is strong, so they, they've done a lot of right things. And USPSA has done a lot of wrong things taking it over, but they've done a lot of right things too in uh, offering offering some of these other divisions. And not only to get more people involved, but the people that are already shooting, it's a you know a fun opportunity to get out and shoot a gun. Maybe you don't get to shoot very often. So I'm decent, you know, steel guru. I'm not. But uh, I do have a, a national championship in, in iron sights, and uh, I've only shot the world match I think twice. But I've I've shot every I think every nationals. I may have missed one, and I'm going to miss this year, which is coming up. But uh, more often than than not, certainly I've always hit the nationals. But when I started, they started the nationals in Florida, uh, the Steel Nationals. Uh, there was nowhere to practice. There was nowhere that you could go shoot the official stages. Uh, they offered practice at the match, you know, the week, the week of, basically. So I'd go over a day or two ahead of time and get, you know, three, four, five runs in, and that was it. And then you go, you go to it. Um, you know, now I don't. Uh, I've never seriously shot it in PCC. I've never seriously shot it in rimfire. Although I always, I've always shot the rimfire division at the nationals, but I never practiced it, so I didn't. I don't have a baseline or anything really. But for the center fire, center fire divisions, open and limited, um, you know, my personal standard for iron sight is breaking 100, and open is uh, breaking 90. And the iron sight is pretty easily attainable. I'm, I'm usually I'm usually going low 90s. I think there, mid 90s. Uh, open, you know, I'm usually I would say under 90, but that may even be strong. Maybe not even usually. Um, so I never go into a competition thinking that I can't win. It's not a defeatist attitude, but I'm also not an idiot. Let's be real. I mean, the, the guys at the, the, the other level guys, Max, Casey, and BJ, 
you know, these guys are putting up scores at, at world championships consistently year over year for the past however far back you want to look uh, that are faster than any times I've ever run in practice. So let's be real. You know, I'm not, I know I'm not going to go there and win. It's not going to happen. Um, you know, I was fortunate to win the steel, the, the iron sight that one year. You know, full disclosure, I think BJ wasn't there and I don't think Savigny was there either. I still put up a pretty good score. I forget what it was, it, but it was low 90s, I think. Uh, and this was a long time ago. You know, that's probably not good enough now. I mean, BJ's been really killing it in the iron sight division, you know, shooting open times, basically. It's ridiculous. Um, but, you know, I can hold my own. I'll, I'll, I'll finish on the top when I, when I go hit the matches. And so, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not speaking from the best in the world standpoint, but I'm speaking from I kind of sort of know what I'm doing standpoint. And I'll share a couple of, uh, a couple of lessons with you that, that I've gathered over the years. Uh, the first one, when I came out here again with Universal and we had everything set up and we started running the matches and uh, the, the first year that I was here, I think was 11 or 12, I forget, but uh, we had them all set up all the time and the Steel Nationals were coming. So I practiced, imagine that. So I would come out and, you know, as you know, if you've done it, you can shoot through Steel Challenge really quick, especially if you're by yourself or with one guy and, and they're all set up. So I would come in in the morning before work, before my class or before whatever I had scheduled for the day and I would shoot, you know, one or two rounds in usually uh, open or limited. And then the afternoon after work, I would, when I was done, come back out and shoot one or two rounds again. And I did that for, I don't know, a month, two months, something like that. And I started logging my data, and this is before practice score, and we didn't have the tablets and all that stuff. Um, so I would you know, write it down on paper to, to keep track of your times. And normally when I practice, and I don't know if I were going to get serious about it, I don't know that I would do it this way now, but normally when I practice, I ran through the match straight up. So I ran through you know, five runs per stage just like it was a match and logged my scores from there. And occasionally I would shoot, you know, I would shoot one stage more afterwards or something that I was maybe maybe that I was struggling with. But basically, I'd shoot it straight through, straight up, and it is uh, that was what it was. Well, the other thing I started doing was logging any extra shots that I had to take or had to keep. Excuse me. So if it was a throwout run, that didn't count. But if I shot an extra shot uh, on a string, I would write that down with a little circle around it or something, and I would add that up as well as well. So it sounds pretty obvious when you say it out loud, but until you see it on paper and you actually go out there and do it, it's kind of an eye-opening experience. Uh, so shocker, the, the less extra rounds that I took in a match, in a practice, the, the lower my score was overall. And that sounds like, well, duh, but you know, again, until you see that down in front of you, uh, that was a real eye-opening experience. And you know what I realized is like if I put my sights on the target, and give it a half decent trigger pull. Uh, that's good enough, you know. Though you know, the, you know what the times need to be, and which is, you know, one of the reasons that everybody loves steel or hates steel. It's always the same. You know, you can look back ten years and compare yourself to anybody in the world. It's always the same. And a lot of people don't like that aspect about it. A lot of people like the the randomness of a USPSA or, or IPSC style match, which I do too. But I also appreciate. The, the standard of, of steel challenge and that you go out there, you know, if I go out there and I, and I know I can shoot a 95 and I shoot 102, that's not as good as 95. 
if I shoot a 93, that's gooder. So it's just, it's cut and dried. Steel doesn't lie. You know, you can talk all the game you want to talk, but come out there and throw down and show me what you got. And it is what it is. So, you know, that, from that aspect of it, I really appreciate steel. Uh, and I shoot it in every one of my classes that I teach, uh, even if they're not interested in steel challenge or comp or competition for that matter. Uh, it just shows, you know, it works hard transitions and it really shows you that on a, on a five hit required course, five shots are faster than six for most people. You know, KC and Max and BJ may be aside, but for most people, that's going to be the way that you're going to want to attack it. So I'd spent these these month or two working on this, logging data, you know, practicing, putting rounds down, and lo and behold, that's the year I go out and win the win the nationals in, in iron sights. So, you know, obviously no coincidence there. You put the time in, you put some research behind it, and you figure some stuff out. And probably, you know, 87% of that was just doing it, man, just going out and shooting steel challenge. And you're going to get better at shooting steel challenge if you go out and shoot, shoot steel challenge versus not. So this led to, probably led to anyway, picking up a couple of students that were interested in taking class specific to Steel Challenge, which I'd never really taught before, but whatever, I'll wing it. So the first guy comes out, just a private one-on-one -on -one class, and uh, you know he wanted to get better at Steel Challenge. So I said, so what's your score? What, what numbers do you shoot? And uh, I don't remember the numbers, but this is a long time ago. But whatever, let's say he said, uh, I shoot a, I shoot a 140-ish. I'm like, all right, load make ready. We're on pendulum. And he's like, what? I said, we're going to shoot the whole match right now. We'll be done in 25 minutes. You'll, you'll spend longer loading mags than it'll take us to run this whole match. So we shoot the, we shoot the whole match. We add them up. And it was like a 170, 172, something. It wasn't even close. And, and I'm like, so I, I thought you shot 140. And he said, well, I just, you know, I figure that I know I can shoot Smoke and Hope string in, in you know, three seconds. So I add that by, multiply that by four, and I can shoot Accelerator in, you know, four and a half seconds. So I'm like, whoa, 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 dude. That ain't the way it works. You know, it's not about what you can do one time. It's about what you can do five times in a row on stage and then eight stages in a row in a match. You know, that's not what the deal is. And previously, I should back up a second. Previously, he had, I'd asked him what he was looking for, and he said, "Well, I'm looking for, uh, you know, foot position on on Smoke and Hope, and five to go, and order on Roundabout, and like these really intricate uh, minutia things about Steel Challenge, which are there, and they're, you know, I'm not gonna say they're not important because I do them, but if your boat's sinking, you know, you want to throw the elephants over first. So I asked him, I said, "Well, do you want to know where where your feet go on Smoke and Hope?" Or do you want to shoot a better score in a steel challenge? And of course, you know, he said, I want to shoot a better score in steel challenge. It's like, all right, then that's easy. Fundamentals of marksmanship, you know, quit missing shit. And it, that's what it comes down to. You know, shooting in general, and especially steel challenge, is so frustratingly simple. You know you can put your sight on the target, execute a decent trigger pull, and make a hit. That's all you got to do. But that therein lies the problem, the ability to do that every time. Consistency. You know, all shooting is consistency. That's why you know, a state match is 10 stages and an area match is 12 stages and nationals 18, world shoot 30. 
you know, they're, they're, they're measuring consistency. It's not about what you can do once. Uh, it's about what you can do time and time again. And steel challenge is no different. So it's about what you can do consistently over the course of the stage. Uh, and so I explained to him the extra shot theory and we went through that and, you know, I think I made, I think I made some, some progress with him. Uh, we shot a couple of, uh, a couple of rounds at each stage. Then we shot the whole through whole thing through again and he did much better. It still wasn't a 140, but he, he did much better. Um, but it's about understanding that man, it's not about how much you can sling around here. It's about getting up there, making the hits and, and moving on. It's, it's like I said, almost always faster to shoot five rounds versus seven or eight or six. Again, unless you're Max or one of the one of the crazy guys. Um, if you're your average shooter, you need to get up there and make the rounds count. You've spent the time transitioning to the target. You've spent the time working the trigger, however you're working it for that particular target. Uh, so if you don't make that hit, you just have to do it again. You know, you're just you're just eating up time that you've already spent and could have could have already been a hit and you could be on on to the next stage um so the biggest thing out the biggest thing there is you know hit shit it's very simple make your hits count it's fundamentals of marksmanship um later on a couple years later maybe i had a class with another guy who's who's a pretty decent shooter i know him a friend of mine a pretty good shooter and steel challenge a specific class uh just private one-on-one so you know, half your time spent loading magazines. So while he was loading mags, I'd go out and shoot a round or two or four or whatever, of whatever stage we were on. Well, I know the guy's watching, obviously, because I'd be watching if I were him. And in the instructor world, a little pro tip here, don't tell anybody, but we've got this thing we call demo speed. So I would, you know, if, if I'm running a drill or demonstrating a drill or something in front of students, you know, normally I can run that drill at 85%. 90%, 80% something. And that's going to be good enough to beat, you know, whatever student is there that day, normally. Uh, while ensuring that I don't miss or have a bad hit or look like an idiot. So I can get up there and run what, we, what I call demo speed. You know, put up a decent time, not look, like, not look like an idiot, and life goes on. Well, this was like, you know, I hadn't, hadn't taught a lot of steel challenge classes at this time. So I'm up there doing that going one for one, going one for one, going one for one. And I started looking down at the timer. And I don't remember what stage we were on at this time, but I looked down at the timer and I know, you know, I know what my times need to be on every stage and every string. And I'm like, God damn it, man, this is good enough. Just putting my side on the target and working the trigger is good enough. And that was such an eye-opening experience. I even shared it with a student. He, if he listens, he'll know who he is, but uh, we've talked about it, but, you know, so now I call that demo speed. If, you, if I get up there and and do what I know how to do, shoot my sights as, I, as the way I describe it, which means, you know, do what's required to make that shot. Don't sling. Don't sling at it. Uh, that that's good enough. And, man, that's frustrating. And it happens to me all the time, man, every day. Every day I have a class, I'll go out there, and, or every day I'll go out and practice. You'll try. I'm doing air quotes now, even though you can't see it. You'll try something, or try harder, or try to shoot faster, or, or try to accept less of a of a fundamental, and it doesn't work. And then, you know, you might you might you might hook up occasionally, but you're not going to do it five times in a row, and you're not going to do it five times in a row times eight stages. I promise you. So then I back it and smoke it. Like my, my most hated my two most hated stages are five to go and smoke and hope. 
Um, and Smoke and Hope is the worst for demonstrating this because it just makes me shoot way outside of my comfort zone. And so iron sights, I'm probably, I don't know, 2.2 two or something or 2.1, two 2.25 two or something like that. I would, be, I would be fine with, I'd be happy with. And, you know, I'll, I'll try to sling because I'm a badass and I think I can get away with it. And two extra shots and three extra shots and you're, you know, you're two five, two six, two seven, And I'll be all right, just put the sight in the middle of the target five times and see what happens. And ding, 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 two, two, three. I'm like, God damn it. That's all I got to do. Now I can throw up a one eight. I can throw up a one high seven, maybe, but I can't do that consistently. It's not going to happen. Um, so if I go for that five times, yeah, I might hit it once, but the other four are going to be high twos, low threes, and that's not that's not that's not going to cut it. Uh, and five to go doesn't demonstrate that so much. Five to go is just a matter of it's intimidating to me. I don't know that fourth plate's a son of a bitch and scares me, and I try to pull off of it too fast all the time, uh, trying to get back for the transition. But um, but the, the demo speed aspect was a huge eye opener for me, and just the fact that doing what I need to do is good enough. And you have to believe that. I mean, if you don't believe it, then it doesn't matter. You know, it's, it's about you believing in you, you believing in your abilities and the ability to do what you want to set out and do. And it's a you know, huge, huge internal struggle. Uh, so those, those two stories from, from students are probably the biggest things I could add to, um, to, ha- to doing better in a steel challenge. Get by with less extra shots. You can always improve your fundamentals. Your draw time can get better. Your transition time can get better. But if you're in a match, if you're in a competition, it ain't gonna happen then. That's not the time to do it. You, know, you can work on that stuff in training and, and dry fire and you know, that stuff. That stuff for another podcast. But the biggest thing I want folks to get out of this is, and if you have the opportunity to practice, which I know it's hard to practice steel challenge sometimes, but you know if you do have that opportunity to practice, just go out and test it. You know, go out and try it. Uh, shoot at a pace that, if I had the ability to offer you hundred bucks to go one for one that you could do it uh, or 50 bucks. Now, if I offer you a million, obviously you're going to, you're going to back away off. So it's got to be something realistic. You still want to be on it a little bit, uh, but you know, aim enough and work the trigger aggressively enough, but, but yet delicate enough that you're going to make the shot and run through five times and see what happens. You know, see if you can go one for one for five, for five runs uh, and see if you, and see if your times don't get better. Now, all that said, couple of last minute thoughts and theories um you know there is i would recommend to your to your average shooter that i, I would come out of the gate at 90 percent and get a good run down and then in a perfect world you know you're going to go 93 96 99 104 you know percent and in a perfect world you're going to ramp that up ramp that up ramp that up and you know you're gonna have a great score that's not going to win you a world championship you know, if you're if you're out to compete against the best in the world, you have to come out at 100, percent and that's that's tough to do. Uh, which leads me to the, la- the last story. Uh, it always amazes me watching, like I'll use KC for example because he's so stupid fast. Um, you know, he's been shooting steel challenge since probably before anybody listening to this has been shooting competitively, I would guess, and at 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 a high level, not just out dicking around the game you know shooting it at a high level so uh he's i don't know how old he is he's probably 25 26 27 something like that 
so he's been shooting it for you know 15 years at, at that level. Same targets, same distance. A couple of stages have changed over the years, but but not much. Uh, and he just he knows the pace uh, wh- that which is required to win. You know, he knows exactly the times he has to have, exactly the pace he has to run uh, for every stage, for every string, in order to win that match. And I've seen this a hundred times. You know, he'll come out string one or, or string two on a stage and tank it by his standards, not ours, but tank it. You know, two, three, four extra shots, five extra shots. And I'm like, ah, oh, God damn, that sucks, man, that sucks. So if that were me, and I would recommend if that were you, you know, you're gonna. I'm gonna back it down on the next string because uh, I consider that all right. My throwout's over, so I'm gonna back that shit down. Uh, but not him because he doesn't care about finishing third, or eighth, or twenty seventh. You know, he's only out there to win. He knows the pace at which it has to be run, and that's the pace he's gonna run. If he hooks up that day and is shooting well, he's gonna win. If he doesn't, he's not. And that's all that matters. And that's that's the mentality. And um, this is my opinion, by the way. I haven't asked him about this, but you know, but that's the mentality. He's coming out at a pace in order to win. So when he has that bad first run, he comes out in the next pace, the next run at the same pace, and usually hooks up. Um, but you're not KC, and you're not Max. So you know, for, for your average dude, I always recommend coming out at 85 90%, getting a one-for-one run down, do that again, do that again, you get three decent runs in, now let's go for it on the fourth. Push it. and Because instead of doing that, the reason I do that on the fourth instead of the fifth is maybe you'll get two good runs, you know, two great runs. Uh, so if you push it on the fourth and it goes well, then sweet. I'm going to really push it on the fifth. Uh, if you push it on the fourth and it goes badly, then I'm going to back down to that 95%, 90% and finish up with a nice solid run. That's kind of the strategy that I would recommend, um, you know, for your average shooter going into the match. And then a few other tidbits. Sorry if there was a little break there. I had to make a pit stop. A few other tids, uh, tidbits in some nuances of the game that makes it different from other types of action shooting. Um, slang-wise, to get on the same sheet of music, when when you're looking at steel challenge stage, I, I, number, the, I number the steel left to right one through four as you see them and the stop plate is called the stop plate so you know one two three four stop for example well sm- uh, five to go would be a good example because everybody shoots that the same so I say hey Shannon how do you shoot five to go uh, I shoot at one two three four stop and uh, so the, there's not a lot of options in in you know how we shoot how we shoot the stages I, I don't think you know shooting with the with the pro guys, most people do it pretty much the same. Uh, you know, speed option. You know, some people will shoot, you know, four three one two, but the vast majority that I that I see uh, shoot at four three two one. Uh, roundabout is probably the the only one that, that has a pretty good split. Uh, as far as I know, Max Michelle came up with the four three one two, which allows you to have a faster draw. You get the aiming out of the way in the middle, and you get to rip it coming home uh, with that close number two plate. Uh, the other option is just straight up one, two, three, four. And this, I haven't checked records recently, but last time I checked, you know, Max had the world record on that stage, uh, shooting it his way, four, three, one, two, and KC was 
number two pretty close shooting at one two three four so how much does that matter i don't know you know the students that i work with that's the one stage that i can change them to that to that style um which is weird if you haven't done it before but the principles behind it make sense you know you get a faster draw time get your aiming in the middle rip it home uh, normally ends up in in better stage times uh, so you know smoke uh, it's either one, two, three, four, or one, two, four, three. I don't think it matters um, unless you prefer right to left, then it's opposite of that. Um, but a couple little little things. So you, you want to pay attention to your tendencies and your faults. Uh, my stance is pretty drastically different in steel. Well, definitely drastically different in steel challenge versus USPSA uh, because there's no movement except for outer limits. So I set my, you're setting yourself up solely for the transitions, not for the benefit of being able to move. So uh, five to go, for example, my biggest fault on five to go is shorting the transition to the stop plate. So I come off number four, ripping the gun over, and that's really the only place you're gonna make time up on, on five to go. I mean, it's, it's a close plate, pretty fast draw, and you know, it's a relative, relatively high accuracy targets from there on out as far as I'm concerned so I'm aiming pretty good uh, you're not going to make a ton of time there you got to hit uh, coming home to that to that stop plate is where I try to push it a little bit and, and try to make up some time well doing that uh, I come up short a lot you know six eight twelve inches short of the target so on five to go I open my right foot way up I toe toe my right you know move my right toe way towards the target opening up your stance like if you're you know anything about golf or your golfer or baseball even you know opening up that stance uh, so i'm still in a good position for for uh, number one and the draw but it's making that transition easier you're not winding yourself up at all to get to come home to that last target um smoke and hope so i've made a change there this is maybe something you could play with i don't know that i would recommend it but it's the way i do it my, um, I, I changed Smoke and Hope a couple of years ago. I used to always shoot at one, two, three, four. I changed it to one, two, four, three. And that was working pretty good. But the, uh, the problem I was having there was missing number four to the right. So I was over swinging, uh, trying to push back because you, you actually push off when you're transitioning, which is another topic, but trying to push back towards the stop plate I was over transitioning and missing number four off to the right. So I pretty radically changed my, my stance on Smoke and Hope. Again, I don't know that I'd recommend this, but I square up to, to, to the first plate to target one uh, as if that were the only plate in my life. So I'm pretty much square on to T1 or, or, or plate one. What that does is that now that is winding you up when you get over to the fourth plate. So now I feel like I can transition over there as hard as I can, and I'm not going to overswing it because you're you're winding yourself out. You're getting out of travel. Now I, I could stretch. I could I could I could transition farther. But from a comfortable, you know, slinging over there position, even though I said don't sling, from a comfortable slinging over there position, I feel like I can push about as hard as I can push over there, and not overswing it, uh, and then work your way back. Um. Showdown, again, this may just be just me, but showdown, 
I stand to the, the front inside corner of each box. And I think that perceptibly reduces your transitions uh, space. So if you stand in the middle of the box, and again, you can test this for yourself, but stand in the middle of the box and just kind of look at the targets and how much space you got between the transitions. And it, it shifts. I mean, some targets are more than others. Uh, but standing up there in the front, uh, front inside, no matter which button, regardless of which box it is, standing at the front inside for me feels like uh, it reduces the, the space between the targets, uh, thereby making your transition shorter. Uh, another little nuance on on that on um, showdown: if you stand in the middle between the boxes and line yourself up so the the front plate is directly in line with the back plate. So you got the front 10 inch and the back uh, big ass 18 by 24. And if you squat down, so those are lined up as much as you can line them up, they're almost perceptibly the same size. Obviously the back was larger, the front was smaller, but because of the distance, I mean, they're not exact, but they're almost perceptibly the same. Uh, so that gives me a little mental cue that I don't treat any of those plates differently in terms of fundamentals of marksmanship. I really treat that like it's just a four four plate rack, and I just rip straight across. Um, what else was one other thing I was going to hit on? Uh, outer limits. Um, outer limits. I stand. My stance is weird there too, so I stand with a really narrow stance. My feet really close together uh, on the inside of the first box. And I, my right foot is, is actually on the box itself with my feet not touching, but almost touching. And what that does is that makes your first step, assuming you're stepping with your right foot, it makes your first step much longer. You know, if you're standing with a normal stance and you're stepping with your right foot out to the right, well, you can only go so far before you're in a split. But if you're standing with your feet closer together, it allows you to step farther with your right foot. Uh, and there's a couple of, there's a couple of techniques of movement over there it's hard to describe without visual but i use you know what i call a, a, a step skip so i you know step out hard far with my right foot and then kind of do a jumping jack hop kind of thing and my left foot lands where my right foot was and then my right foot lands in the box uh, you can cross step there that works well but you know, it's not a lot of movement. The biggest mistake I see there with newer shooters is just too many steps. You know, they're taking four or five steps to, to walk six feet, and that's not re that's not <laughs> not uh, not required. So you want to get in there as efficiently and smoothly as possible. I think that's about all the nuanced stuff I can think of. So hopefully this was helpful. I know we got the Steel Nationals coming up here real soon, and then the World Shoot not too far after. So you guys got any thoughts or comments on that? Hit me with some feedback be happy to address any other concerns you might have you know i'm a i'm a simple man the biggest thing is hitting what you're aiming at so just you know if you get nothing out of this just try to get up there and uh get get through and as few of extra shots as you can and that's gonna end up in a better overall score for your match which is what we're looking for hope you guys enjoyed it see you on the range welcome back my friends to the show that never so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass, there's a real blade of grass. Be careful.